These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so mm -hmm. they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds, and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. Sometimes you need somebody to just give you permission. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. People just want to know that they're, they just want to know that they're safe to talk and share these things. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to the Open Journal podcast. I hope you're well out there. I'm Mike and I'm delighted to be here for our conversation today. I'm going to say a big welcome and a big thank you to our new guest today, Alice. We're going to be having a conversation around time management, productivity and how it can fit in to our general day-to-day -day well-being and our productivity, but also Alice's own lived experience as well. So a big thank you to her for sharing those insights. Uh, as we've mentioned in previous conversations, it really does make a difference having guests come on to talk about and share their both their lived experience, but also their expertise in fields as well. So a big thank you. Hopefully you enjoy this episode. And if you do, please feel free to leave a podcast review on your podcast platform of choice. It's so difficult to say that. And I'll pretend that this is the first time I've recorded it. It really does help other people discover the podcast and the conversations we're having here. So thank you for doing that. Also, if you enjoy the podcast and feel like maybe it's something you would like to do in the future as well, you can find information about being a guest on this podcast on the website, which is openjournalbc.com. Thank you so much for continuing to download, subscribe and support the podcast. I really hope you enjoy this episode and join me in thanking Alice for sharing her experiences today. I hope you're well, hope things are good, I hope you enjoy this episode, and as always, you're not alone out there. Here's our conversation. Alice, it's lovely to, to sit down and have the opportunity to chat. We've obviously spoken before, but this being our first kind of recorded conversation. Um, but first off, just how are you doing today? What's been going on for you this week? What's your week oh, been like? Oh, well, thank you very much for asking. And thank you for uh, having me on the podcast as well. I'm super excited to be here. So um, for people that don't know yet, I'm actually based in Valencia now. Um, I moved from London a few week, weeks ago. So my week um, is not like it used to be. Um, I have enrolled into Spanish uh, in Spanish classes. So Monday to Friday, nine to one. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm back to being a student. So yeah, my, my week is always pretty... Uh, pretty different pretty varied to what I was experiencing back in London so uh, yeah it's been a good week so far past my first Spanish level so I've moved on to A2 now which is super exciting so yeah it's been a been a good week so far oh it's amazing it's so exciting seeing um like the kind of the journey you're going on as well of, of going somewhere else and really kind of investing in that as well I think in my head it's usually a 
I think it's quite a British thing of going people just go places and then just kind of carry on living their British life in a different setting um so seeing someone go oh like I'm going to learn the language and really kind of get involved in the in like the local culture I think feels like it's a really interesting and really positive way to to move rather than just you don't just live somewhere else you're actually kind of living somewhere else yeah no I, I, I totally get what you, you mean because um I've already noticed like expats kind of congregating together which is obviously lovely but I'm also really mindful of that it is so easy just to kind of slip into your expat communities and not actually get involved with the culture or try new things or like you know oh god I don't I don't know what that food is I just don't try it you know that kind of thing so yeah I'm, re- I'm being really conscious of that <laughs> I think my my dad moved out um with his wife they moved I think two years ago now to they're in a like a village outside of Valencia so they're probably not that far from you and I know they've tried to they've attempted to learn the language I feel like it's more his wife than than dad he's he's not really got on board with it but I think they've both benefited and struggled from the fact moving two years ago they'd moved maybe two and a half like just before the pandemic they'd kind of just about sort of settled in but now they've not had they've not really had those opportunities to mix with other people as much so it was quite nice for me to kind of see the timing that you've gone is when when things are starting to open up a bit more and it's not it feels like a more positive time to to be moving to a new location yeah, absolutely yeah definitely um so obviously we like i say we've spoken a little bit i know a little bit about who you are but those people listening might not um can you tell us a little bit about yourself kind of what's brought you to some of the conversations and settings that you've been in um, where you you do have knowledge and experience of kind of working within the mental health field and a range of other workplace settings as well um, it'd be interesting just to hear yeah just a little bit about yeah. yourself well as I said thank you so much for having me and uh, for your listeners as well thank you for tuning in uh, so yeah I, I I call myself a life and success coach um, but I kind of do so much more more than that so it's really hard to encompass uh, so I suppose my job title my business title is life and success coach but I predominantly specialize obviously a whole range of goals that I can work with clients on but predominantly I specialize in time management but even more specific at niche than that around energy management and this kind of then touches on the mental health and the well-being space because what I advocate is that time management doesn't actually have anything to do with time but if you think about it you can't manage time <laughs> like it ticks past regardless of what you do with it you know whether you're spending an hour recording a podcast or an hour twiddling your thumbs like that time's gone you can't manage it so actually it's about like you it's about managing you your life your, your priorities and, and more important your energy and for me the big aha came for this um in 2019 so I was really good at time management you know all the stereotypical things like planning productivity prioritization being efficient managing multiple deadlines tick, 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 tick. but I was, wasn't looking after myself so things like saying no being a people pleaser boundaries sleep you know all those kind of things I wasn't looking after myself so I ended up burning out horrifically in 2019 and genuinely did not see it coming now I look back in hindsight I'm like obviously it was going to happen because I, I was burning the candle at both ends I was literally using all my energy and never replenishing it so for me, that's really important because often we really beat ourselves up when it comes to time management. You know, how many times have we procrastinated and then like beating ourselves up for it or had a go at ourselves but we didn't accomplish everything we wanted to do or we're not where we thought we'd be at a certain age or whatever it might be. It can kind of feed in quite negatively to our mental health and to our mindset. 
So I'm a really big believer as well that time management hasn't got to do with time. It's, it's also about your mindset. And often when we're beating ourselves up, procrastinating, struggling with boundaries, saying no, actually there's something underlying in there. And it could be, for example, I don't feel good enough. So it, it sounds bizarre, but there is a huge correlation between like well-being, mental health, mindset, and, and what I specialize in, in time management when you scratch beneath the surface. But what led me to my kind of, I suppose, epiphany in 2019 wasn't just the, the burnout, but unfortunately I struggled really badly with depression, self-harm, uh, quite quickly an eating disorder when I was young so from about 15 to 24 so almost a decade I I kept that to myself nobody really knew about it and I don't know what it was but one day in 2010 I just snapped and was like I need to fix this and I need to sort my life out and that's when I kind of started my recovery journey my journey of self-development and loving myself and all that kind of good stuff but I, you know obviously it wasn't easy it's always two steps forward and one step back but that's what really fueled my passion for time management because I just thought Life is actually precious and it's it's never going to be perfect, but we can try and do what we can to maximise the time. And that's when I started getting over my perfectionism and trying to embrace life for the journey that it is, not rather than just trying to rush to this destination for success, whatever that might, may look like, which obviously just impacts our mental health even more. So it's been a very topsy-turvy journey, but it, it's brought me to what I'm super passionate about today, which is helping people create a life by design. But through their time management but specifically the energy management and mindset and well-being and, and all that good stuff that comes along with it awesome thank you so much for sharing that I think it's really interesting to hear kind of that journey and like you say the ebbs and the flows that have kind of gone along with that and really interesting that the kind of the different ways that you view time management as well um particularly with that side of kind of um like age milestones as well that I think a lot of us yeah grow up with or kind of inherited um and it, I think really tricky because there's so many different things that feed into that with um arguably like you have people living longer you have people moving to different jobs and it's different it's a different environment now to the environment that you were kind of brought up on from parents and from grandparents and it really is quite a different place that we live in yeah. to the world that we've kind of set those expectations yeah, and from. I think we also have certainly in like more recent generations been told that we can be anything we want to be we can do anything we want to do which is fantastic and I fully advocate that but it's not been done with the support of but what is it you really want to do so it's like you know Mike go out there be be whatever you want do whatever you want and then it's like great oh I don't actually know what it is <laughs> and then suddenly we, we like take on society's pressures and you're like is that what I want and and then you know it's, it's not actually helping with their time management and our mental health confidence mindset or whatever so yeah it's, it's a really tricky one I think it is and I think that's where hearing hearing people that have had different sorts of journeys as well is really valuable um I know hearing from someone uh a couple of years ago that I think got to like um their 50s and then that they were around people that were talking about retiring within their workplace and they were sort of reflecting on their work and were like actually I would really like to go into and now I can't remember what it was, but they went into a completely different field and just kind of restarted again at 50. And I was like, oh, it's just amazing because that's those different stories allow and kind of almost give people permission to change and rethink what they want to do and how they're going to spend that time and, and where they are in their own journeys. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I think it's never too late. And this is why I'm so passionate about creating a life by design. It's it's a, it's not about copying. It's not about doing what society says. It's about doing what you want to do. And 
if you fancy a career change at 15, why not? <laughs> definitely, definitely. And I think um, hearing those insights as well of how, I guess, your your lived experience has also informed kind of some of those journey decisions as well. And now you offer support in a range of different ways in professional settings to to other people. Kind of how how was that journey in terms of um, kind of maybe accessing or looking for different types of support and now being the person that kind of offers some of that to, to other yeah, people? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really weird for me. I've kind of almost come full circle, I suppose, because when I was younger, I, I've i always known that I've wanted to have a business, by the way, ever since I was about 15 or 16. I don't know why, I just did. When I mean, you're that age, you, you don't really know anything. So I, I was like, right, I want my own business. But I don't know what. Um, and I had this grand plan. I was I was going to go into corporate, have a successful career, et cetera, et cetera. And then one day when I was 35, again, age milestone, um, I was going to set up my business. Now, obviously, that is not how my journey went. Um, but I always had this passion for business and a passion for helping people, which obviously was as well fueled from me going through all the crap that I went through and wanting to help people as well. Now, I also knew that I didn't want to become a counsellor. So I was so lucky in 2016 to find coaching and was like, oh, I can help people, but it doesn't have to be counselling. Like there is like another way. Now, counselling is amazing. I've, I've had loads of therapy uh, over the years and over the last year as well. And I think there's a time and a place for it. But sometimes we need we need something else. You know, therapy is very good at looking back, but sometimes we need coaching to look forward. And so for me, it was, it was absolutely perfect. And a coach isn't there to tell you what to do and, and in a mental style. But I think me having such a varied lived experience with things like well-being and burnout and mental health issues and stuff like that, I do know from my clients that they say that this is really important for them because one, they feel like I get it. Two, I know what telltale signs look for because I've been down that road. But also I'm not one of these people where I'm like, you have to hustle and grind and get up at 5am and sacrifice some sleep because I know that doesn't work. You just end up burning out and being miserable and like sacrificing your mental health. So like, yeah, you're absolutely right, Mike. All my experiences like feed into me as a coach, as a trainer. Um, everything that I do is, it's, for me it isn't just about how efficient can you be with your time like how quick can you get through your to-do list it is actually so much more than that so being happy and mentally strong and stable and again you know life's not perfect if anyone that <laughs> follows me on instagram will know that i have had a rough ride over the last couple of years with, with like pandemics and divorces but it, it's it's about creating that life that you want to show up for um and you know that that that, that toolbox of tools that i've gathered over the last 20 years um, from all my own personal experiences yeah definitely gets fed now into my coaching my training my talks and, and everything else and hopefully it's in my book as well so yeah I think it's really interesting I really like I've noted down that like the coaching is the looking forward and the therapy is the looking back there have been um, other con other conversations I've had with people where we've talked about sometimes people don't always get what they want out of therapy sometimes because there's been a misunderstanding or a lack of explanation as to what it was going to be when they've gone into that service and particularly um, I would say with things like CBT where um, they work really really well for what they're designed for but people go in thinking it's something that it isn't so it's interesting because I've seen more and more people kind of start to talk about or move into this coach or coaching space and hearing about you talk about it in that way sounds um 
very info- very uh, very clear as to what it is and how it can fit into someone's journey um in terms of kind of supporting them moving forward there's an acknowledgement of kind of where you are and what you're coming with but it is about that looking forward and I think in my head that makes a lot of previous conversations make more sense as well yeah and and it's about like (laughs) knowing what you need at at the moment and I'm a big I'm a huge believer in prevention is better than cure and I spend a lot of time and energy money investment books you know all that kind of stuff in my mental well-being and people like but you haven't had depression for you know 10 years plus like you know I've I've been clear for for ages and I'm like yeah but prevention is better than cure you know you've got to have that armory of of tools and and like I am in therapy again at the moment I've gone back to the lady that that um, helped me through the divorce because I was like you know what I am in such a fabulous place but I have just gone through a divorce started a business gone through a pandemic and now I've moved abroad there's a lot of change going on and there's a lot of shit happening in my mum in my mum and dad's personal life and family life and stuff like that and I just want to be equipped I just want to have that safe space to get it out have that professional to help me and prevention is better than cure why wait until I have cracked and I'm unhappy to do something about it why not whilst I'm in a good place do something about it and she was like oh that's such a refreshing way to like come to therapy Mm. so I think we need to First of all, destigmatize it. I think there's still a bit of a stigma in it, or people are surprised that I'm in therapy because they're like, "But you're really happy," <laughs> and you're like, "Yeah, I know. That's why I'm having therapy. Like, to maintain that." <laughs> so I think it's it's about knowing what you need and what you want to get out of it, but also kind of being proactive about it. Like, it, it's it's something it's a useful tool. Definitely, and I think that there's there's still a lot of truth in that. The the stigma still very much exists. I think great that it's less than it was before or, or kind of we've tackled that but it's not that it's removed I think it very much is still there um but I think we do still kind of have that mindset of you need to look like or you need to be as bad as this before you access a service and I think um one of the really disappointing things is that I hear people still hearing that message and sometimes from professionals as well, which is really disappointing. Um, but I wonder how much your outlook is maybe formed also by that kind of professional side of, of the coaching and guiding other people through is also maybe reflected in you kind of see maybe some of that need for yourself from someone else as yeah, well. Oh my God, absolutely. Yeah. And it, it's, it's about, I suppose as well, being okay asking for help um professional help in whatever capacity that that might look like and I call it like my success team you know my success team got me through 2020 and 2021 and that included my PT my cleaner my accountant you know it isn't just about it's it's, it's about being okay with putting your hand up and, and being okay with asking for help and I've had clients that have really had to get rid of that like oh my god I can't possibly ask for help it's a sign of weakness or that I'm failing and it's like no, 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 it's a, it's a sign that you're thriving because you've got the support team around you, whatever it may look like, whether it is a, a cleaner or a therapist or whatever. But yeah, it, it's, it's really important, I think, to acknowledge professional help. And you're absolutely right. In my capacity as a, a, a professional professional supporter and cheerleader, yeah, it, it kind of makes sense to me. And you mentioned, I think, particularly when you have some of those those larger life events as well, sometimes that can be um really noticeable for people because you're like oh this thing has happened to me and at a certain stage I might be struggling or something's happened and there's a signpost there but still there's like this desire by people to to continue to 
struggle and continue just to go to work and just to turn up and, and be in places and be in social settings and sort of push through. And sometimes people are able to do that. And then it's it's a later stage that that those things kind of creep back in. And I think that's, again, I guess it's just that sign of, as you mentioned earlier, the, the stigma or sometimes the lack of support and encouragement that we offer to people just within our our communities and our circles of like it's okay to talk about these things it's okay to struggle it's okay to acknowledge maybe something big has happened maybe something small has happened maybe you've just had an absolutely shit two weeks and you just need to talk about that um but we really seem to sort of push this idea that like the best thing is to carry on (laughs) do the British thing (laughs) with a stiff upper lip we'll just crack on yeah yeah and and I think as well some part of it as well and I'm big on this in coaching is self-awareness sometimes we don't realize the route that we're heading down or the downward spiral we're heading down because we just haven't got that self-awareness or we haven't taken a moment to stop and check in with ourselves and I think one of the reasons why I've still thrived over the last couple of years despite everything that's gone on is because I've been become so self-aware the slightest tweak or twinge in my body or my a, a chink in my mindset I'm like oh what's that oh, I need to act on that I need to do something about it so I'm so good at detecting that a mile off now that I will put the preventive measures in place. Even if it's like, do you know what, I'm going to take myself to the spa overnight, just on my own because I need a bit of solitude and Alice time. Or if it's, do you know what, I need to swap today's hit cardio for yoga. Like whatever it may be, I think it's just having that awareness. And, you know, I didn't have that. I, I did the stuff of lip push on and then I burnt out in 2019 just unexpectedly came out of nowhere because I was smiling I was healthy going to the gym had this amazing routine and great at time management and I didn't have the self-awareness though so I just wasn't looking after myself so yeah the self-awareness is really important as well to kind of know what do I need what do I need to look after myself sort of mentally physically etc yeah and I know through some of the the experiences you've had you've also mentioned about kind of you've got the coaching side you've got um some of the other projects that you're part of as well and you've previously been involved in a, a number of other things as well It'd be interesting just to hear kind of how some of those journeys started and how they've spiraled off to um those different opportunities yeah, well, I've been really really lucky and, and privileged I've only been in business just over two years and I've worked with some amazing clients on a, on a one-to-one basis but I've also had the absolute pleasure of doing like you say some really cool projects so I've got to work with some incredible uh, organizations and businesses that want to bring training in-house so you know delivering workshops or trainings one-off to, to help inspire their team members um i've i've also uh, this is coming up in a couple of months i'm going to be a guest expert at a health retreat for her kind of like a health and well-being retreat in devon for a couple of weeks oh. i'm really excited about that so helping people that maybe were in a position like i was a bit, a bit burnt out um or maybe heading that way and just need to kind of replenish but also learn about time management so it doesn't happen again they can recover quicker um and yeah just had the absolute pleasure as well of like collaborating with different uh, experts so for example i collaborate quite often with a, a nutritionist who's become a really great friend of mine so shout out to amani and i i really love that as well because i think life deserves a holistic approach to it so you know she specializes in in gut health health well-being physical nutrition and it's like yay that's important but if you don't know how to manage your time and your habits along with that it doesn't matter 
what diet you're following you're not going to be your healthiest best you if you don't have time to do it so we often collaborate together on things like that so yeah I've had a real pleasure of doing a whole whole mix and range of of different uh, projects with my business in the last couple of years it's been brilliant and how did because obviously you've you've done a lot of work around mental health and well-being as well how did that kind of feed into your journey you mentioned earlier kind of always wanting to have your own business and kind of how that coaching side is almost like naturally fitted into part of that plan but how did the mental health side kind of fit in for you and and how has that kind of grown with the things that you're doing now I think really it stems from like my belief and my like holistic approach to time management hence more about energy management because for me energy management is looking at your mental well-being not just things like your physical so for example some days and and I advocate we all do this I actually block out time when I'm doing my weekly planning I block out time so that I can replenish my mental health now that might be a therapy session like I'm having at the moment but it could all just also just be you know what I've got a really heavy week at work and I know that I need to have Saturday morning to myself and I need to just switch up the world or it's things like making my meditation session in the morning so only 10 minutes but that's absolutely holy you know that that does not get interrupted because I know that if I don't look after my mental health I'm good to know one you know I'm not going to show up for my clients or the people that I want to show up for my loved ones etc and I think sometimes we forget about that like when we look at time management we look at project plans and gantt charts and what productivity apps and all that stuff super important but what about your mental health so I'm big on bringing that into into my teaching and into my coaching and I think that probably is a little bit different to most time management experts so that's probably kind of why it's become quite I suppose prevalent and popular in like the mental health world because actually it's not just looking at your mental health but it's, it's I suppose it's life management and work management and time management but not neglecting the important thing of mental well-being and and how you're thinking and feeling etc and, and I think time management just gets so caught up on you know 9am I'm doing this and 10am I'm doing that and 11 and actually what about taking an hour off so you can go for a walk because that's going to fill you up and, and be good for your mental health and help you clutter your mind and help you stress you you know those kind of things and the, these are the things that we're missing I think modern society it's getting even harder as well we're always on our phones 24 7 plugged in and we're always busy, you know, busy's become a bad badge of honour. And I think sometimes we need to remember that actually it's a bit of a return on investment to look after ourselves and incorporate our, our well-being and our mental health into things like our planning and our productivity and stuff. And it often gets forgotten. So for me, it's really important to, to bring that into the coaching and, and what I teach. Yeah, it's been really interesting. Like over the last year, I guess, of seeing more I wouldn't say mental health I think it's more kind of well-being side um be acknowledged in like job um opportunities and like promotions for recruitment and it feels like there's been that wave of people um rethinking I guess probably in most part because of the pandemic but rethinking their time and their jobs and their careers what do I really want to spend my time doing do I want to retrain or jump over to a different job or um like we've got neighbors that were a little bit off retiring and have decided just to retire early um it's it's a time that people have really rethought that in a way I don't think there has been quite as much of that previously and there seems to be more of a push to yeah 
advertise or promote the thought of of well-being in the workplace and slightly outside of it yeah, as well absolutely and I think it is like you say uh, said earlier it is starting to be just uh, de a little bit as well so you know companies are looking at the, the the mental well-being of staff and I think as well because so many of us are working from home now we don't have so much of a, an eye on our staff and I don't mean that in a bad way but if your staff members are only coming in once a week and months a month how are you truly knowing how they're thinking feeling and what their mental health is so I think it is really important to get professionals in people like myself coaches etc to, to offer that support because as well we are we are working from home and then obviously that can cause a whole host of different mental health issues from things like um you know loneliness to zoom fatigue to uh not being connected with your love uh, to to your colleagues or doing longer longer hours because you don't know whether the work-life boundaries are and stuff and all these kind of things can have a huge impact on your, on your mental health for sure yeah i i have no in like the last week or so I've really noticed like there are times in the morning now where um like my partner is a teacher so she's out really early and I'm like oh it's sort of quarter to eight and I'm pretty much ready so I'll just start working now and it's like I don't finish any earlier and you don't sort of you feel like oh no I I work in my normal yeah but you started like over an hour earlier so your day should theoretically shift it's that mindset of of kind of remanaging or reworking your time as well I think is is a hard one to get around or maybe like taking a mental health break you know taking a brain break and if you're if you're working where you're also sleeping eating watching tv exercising and everything else it, it does become very hard for the brain be like what mode am I in and I'm, I'm, I'm meant to be working chilling just thought, what and, and it, yeah it can be quite difficult yeah yeah very I think very tricky and like you say I think there's a lot of that working from home is now like a viable option when I mean I, I guess I would argue it was a viable option before we just weren't allowed right. to do it nothing has been created in the last couple of years that wasn't already there um, but it, it's now something that's possible and I think I kind of crossing my fingers I guess that that accessibility that's been added just continues to be offered and is rethought in terms of like the support that you've mentioned for sure uh, I hope so um earlier on you also mentioned a book and some other things that you you kind of might be involved in I know you've also kind of shared your your story with kind of blogs and podcasts and things like that in the past as well what's that journey been like kind of sharing your own personal experience so it's slightly away from that professional setting it is more of hi I'm Alice and this is my story like that's quite a big step away from and you're not a corporate person but potentially quite a corporate setting where you're talking about workplaces and time management it's a very different kind of environment or it feels like yeah that. absolutely for me um having having the ability to be vulnerable and, and and share my story with people was a really hard decision to make so for the for the 10 years or so that I, I had my eating disorder and depression, I, I hid it. You know, I hid it from friends, family, nobody had a clue. And I suppose I got really used to hiding and, and keeping it from people. So then when I started to recover, obviously I had to tell people. But then again, you don't go up to people that you just meet and you're like, oh, hi, Alice, you know, I'm, I'm recovering from an eating disorder and, you know, I've just come up antidepressants. Like you don't, that's not your, usually your, your opening gambit. So again, there was a little bit of 
hidden this around that and then you start thinking well you know I don't work to find out because if they do they'll think I'm incompetent and and it's just all this all this crap that we attach to it when I started the business I was absolutely adamant that I wanted to be an advocate for, for mental health um and I don't just mean like giving money to charity or do pro bono talks for, for charities and stuff like that I, I really wanted to make an impact for myself around mental health and I remember having a conversation with my dad about how much do I share with people about my past? You know, this this kind of secret that I had, that I had depression, I self-harmed, I was suicidal, I um, had this eating disorder, you know, all this shit. And I, 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 it was a really difficult decision because I thought, here I am, badging myself as this life coach. Not only have I got people going, well, you're only in your early 30s, what do you know anyway? um but I then thought how am I not meant to be perfect and and show people this is how it's done and then I thought no that's not what I want to show I don't want to show people a perfect life because it doesn't exist what I want to show is how to navigate the ups and downs and look after your mental health and whether that's at home the workplace your business whatever and how to to live the life that you want and achieve the things you want and again whether that's work goals projects whatever or or in home life so I remember kind of outlining my values in the business and stuff like that and and saying to my dad like I'm going to be really honest with people about my battles and and how it's scarred me but also got me to where I am today and what I've learned from it and stuff like that and then obviously when we started going through the pandemic and then I, I went for unexpected separation and divorce and, and all this kind of stuff and I, again it was like oh my god do I share this and my guiding compass has always been I want to be an advocate for mental health and if I don't talk about it how can I expect or how can I moan that there's stigma attached to mental health I can't be there moaning I wasn't ashamed that there's stigma attached to mental health if I'm not talking about my own mental health mm-hmm. and I'm really open on, on my Instagram about I've had a bad day or oh whoopsie you know this happened today and I didn't deal with it in the best way but this is how I'm rectifying it or you know I'm feeling like like poop today and so this is what I'm going to do to kind of get myself back on track whatever it may be because I just think we do need to start being okay with not being okay and and and, and talking about it so yeah I can't say that it was an easy decision but I'm really glad that I've been really open and I'm I'm, I'm really pleased to say that it's been very well received I don't think I've ever had any negative comment from anybody about being too open or sharing too much so um, if anything, it's it's been nice people reaching out saying, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Or oh, I'm feeling a bit, a bit like that at the moment. So it's nice someone else said it first or or whatever. So, um, yeah, his life isn't all, all sunshine and roses all the time, is it? So I think it's, it just starts with you. If you can just initiate a conversation or or um, share your tips and tricks about what's worked for you in the past or something, I think it's just a step in the right direction. Thanks. So. Yeah. And again, thank you for sharing that. I think hearing those that journey and that thought process and the conversations that you've had thinking about that um it's it's always really interesting to hear the processes that people go through and sometimes they're sometimes they're very very quick like there's a lot of intense thinking and discussion that happens within a short period of time and sometimes it's a really long journey that people have what what kind of worked up to or progressed to um but I think it's a really interesting one because one of the big things that I like it here is that we're we're having this open conversation and we're hopefully encouraging 
other people to have those as well with kind of the people that they're around or people that they want to learn and have insights from and to to do that often we are reliant on someone else speaking first to give us that encouragement or permission to to do that um so i think it, it really does help and we you we do want and we should be encouraging people to speak when they feel kind of confident and comfortable and safe to do that to share those insights because that's the thing that might prompt someone to access a service or feel like they can have that conversation with someone else and it's I always feel like it's kind of a thankless task like you say some people kind of responding like oh that's really nice or thank you for sharing that but we feel like the people that it really kind of connects with are often the people that aren't going to comment and say like actually reading your post kind of made me feel like actually it was okay to go and access the service or to make that phone call or to to do something so yeah I always think it's really positive when you when you see people sharing their stories and particularly now there's more of a almost like a lifestyle sharing of that as well like it's not always a I'm in crisis or I'm struggling with a particular illness it's like this is my daily life and it includes some of these aspects and that's that's part of how I live and kind of manage manage my life yeah absolutely I think it just starts with a conversation isn't it just sharing sharing our own experiences yeah definitely and and thank you for coming and and kind of sharing your experience today like it's been really interesting to sit down and hear um lots of different things about your life and kind of how how you've got to where you are today if people um want to find out a little bit more about you about some of the different work that you do or how to find out more about your journey like where are the places that they could go to to find out about oh you? yeah absolutely well I absolutely adore connecting with people. So if you've listened to this podcast and you want to touch base with me, then please, please do reach out and say hi. So all my social media and my website and stuff like that just just is my name. So hopefully it's not too difficult to, to find me. So you'll find my website, anistartnall.com. That's got all my updates on it, um, all my kind of like events that, I, that I'll be doing. Uh, you can join the mailing list from there, et cetera, et cetera. Find out how I work with clients on a one-to-one -one basis, my programs, or if you've uh, got team training, for example, I work with organizations, it's all on there. Um, but social media, I generally hang out on Instagram. I'm a visual girl, so you'll find me there every single day. So again, just my name, it's Alice underscore Dartnell, so that's two L's. Um, I am on LinkedIn, but I don't really go on it that much um so whilst I do have an active profile you'll be probably best off sending me a dm uh, on instagram but yeah it'd be brilliant to connect with people because like we said we could start some conversation so if anything's resonating with you or you want to ask a question hopefully you've gathered that i'm like a really open book and i'm more than happy to share any anything and any tips so um yeah feel free to get in touch cool thank you so much for coming on today and for sharing your insights it's been really nice to have a conversation so thank you for sharing thank you so much for having me thank you These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate. Yeah, It's difficult dealing with our minds. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really 
said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed. It's it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this 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 shit is real and it's hard. It's exhausting. Sometimes you need somebody to just give you permission. And I think people realize how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. People just want to know that they're, they just want to know that they're safe to talk and share these things. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. <laughs>